This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Hello, and welcome to the morning break. My name is Graham Stanley. My special guest today is Madalina Skoros, an English teacher and coordinator of Teachers from Romania. We'll be talking about lots of things, but the main topic of today is managing teachers and managing teaching. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and you are listening live. Tune in live at ttradio.org, or to join in the conversation, download the Podbean app and search Teachers Talk Radio. Follow the hashtag TT Radio. Tune in, talk it out with Teachers Talk Radio. Welcome to the morning break, everyone. I'm Graeme speaking to you live from Mexico City. On today's show, I'll be talking to Madalena Skoros. Madalena and I collaborated a few years on a course for teachers on using escape room games, and we've kept in touch ever since. Apart from teaching at a busy language center in Romania called Twinkle Star, Madalena also manages teachers there. I'll be talking to Madalena right after the Teacher Talk Radio News. We have teamed up with the Witherslack Group to bring you a fantastic face-to-face meetup in Manchester next month. Tickets are free, with lunch included, and you'll be met with a host of amazing speakers. Sign up for Your Voice now at witherslackgroup.co.uk forward slash your voice 2022 Hi, I'm Charlie Burley, the Teachers Health Coach, and I want to talk to you about the first ever health and wellbeing event for educators, Rewriting Wellbeing. It's a full day dedicated to improving your health as a teacher through looking at your nutrition, movement, mindset, workload and wellbeing in school. You'll hear from our incredible lineup of speakers including Andrew Cowley, Jen Foster, Kimberly Wilson, Simon Bolger and many more. There'll be talks, workshops, and time to network with like-minded colleagues. We'll look after you all day with brunch, lunch, and all the refreshments. You'll get to meet our incredible speakers and our amazing team of ambassadors from the education space. It's a non-profit event with all proceeds going to the amazing education charity, EdSupport. This isn't one to miss. I look forward to seeing you there on the 22nd of October at Etc. Venues, St. Paul's in London. You can search Rewriting Wellbeing on the Eventbrite website to find out more. This episode of Teachers Talk Radio has been made possible with support from Witherslack Group, the UK's leading provider of SEN education and care. They're here to support you too through an ever-growing offer of free resources, including webinars, podcasts, articles and events aimed at supporting teaching professionals like you. Visit their website at www.witherslackgroup.co.uk to find out more. This is Teachers Talk Radio, and this is Teachers Talk Radio News. The 
The TES magazine focuses on fears of a teacher trainee shortage as a report reveals ITT cold spots. The report in the magazine says the Department for Education in England has been warned that it must urgently tackle teacher training cold spots as analysis reveals recruitment issues across England. The analysis suggests that multiple regions in England face losing swathes of places on courses after a government shake-up cut initial teacher training provided numbers by a quarter. Recent results of the second and final rounds of the DfE's re-accreditation process showed that around 25% of existing providers could be lost. The teacher training sector is now calling for a pragmatic and realistic approach to ensuring trainees can access courses in all parts of the country. This comes at a time when the number of teachers entering the profession is falling. The North East is facing the sharpest potential loss as 32% of trainee places available last year are under threat. The East and South West regions also face significant cuts of around 24%. The report acknowledges that some new providers have received approval to start offering courses from 2024, but others within the sector are concerned that this will not fully resolve the issues. Providers have 15 days to lodge an application to appeal loss of accreditation. Teams of the UK's most talented young tradespeople are to begin competing in the World Skills Competition 2022. The competition, traditionally held in just one country, is, this year, taking in smaller events across the world. The event, which sees a UK team of 35 travel around the globe, begins in Stuttgart, Germany, on the 4th of October, and will end on November the 26th in Salzburg, Austria. The UK team will be looking to improve on a 12th place finish at the 2019 event. FE Week features details of the competitors and their areas of specialism, which include toolmaking, milling, web development and cybersecurity. Winners for each category will be announced during closing ceremonies for each competition, with medals given to those achieving gold, silver or bronze. Medals of excellence will be given to those judged to have reached world-class standard in their skill. In Wales, First Minister Mark Drakeford has taken part in an online Q&A session with school pupils. The session, hosted by the Politics Project, gives opportunities for schools to support learners in realising one of the four purposes of the Curriculum for Wales, becoming ethical, informed citizens of Wales and the world. Questions range from finding out about the politician's journey into politics, climate change and whether Wales can indeed win the World Cup. And finally, in South Africa, the government has issued a press release focusing on the recruitment of 25,000 education assistants and general school assistants for both public and special schools. The recruitment drive is part of the Presidential Youth Employment Initiative. Education assistants will support teachers with administrative tasks, classroom management, sports coaching and cultural activities, whilst the general assistants will focus on maintenance, cleaning and general admin. The programme is part of a drive to improve standards within schools in the country, as well as increasing employment opportunities. This has been your Teachers Talk Radio News with Joe Fox. This is Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello, this week is World Space Week. Space is such a vast topic, there's always something you can find out that could potentially be a hook for a lesson. The theme this year is sustainability. I only found out about Space Week as I was browsing the internet. 
This got me thinking about how amazing the internet is and how so much information is at our fingertips. This week, I'm going to look at finding inspiration for a lesson using information I would never have known about without the amazing technology of the internet. During my research, I've discovered that there are a number of websites out there dedicated to awareness days. I've compiled a list of genuine, official awareness days to motivate your form, classes, colleagues or even yourself from now until the end of term. In October we have Buy British Day, National Poetry Day, National Kale Day, World Octopus Day and World Porridge Day. This one sounds funny but it's actually to raise awareness for children in poverty in developing countries. Local Radio Day. To celebrate this our very own Tom Rogers is going to stop talking every time he goes under a bridge. Still in October we have National Roast Pheasant Day, UK Coffee Week, Apple Day, Global Champagne Day, International Stammering Awareness Day, World Tripe Day. National Pumpkin Day, American Beer Day, National Black Cat Day, and Wild Foods Day. There's not much information on Wild Foods Day, but if you do go all bare grills, please do let us know how it went. Ending October, we have RSPB Feed the Birds Day. Please feed the birds more than just one day. In November, there's World Vegan Day, National Stress Awareness Day, Roast Dinner Day, International Stout Day, and National Hugger Bear Day. I'd advise against hugging a real bear, however, it would make a very engaging lesson. Great British Game Week. British Pudding Day, Tempoliano Day and Zinfandel Day are followed by Homemade Bread Day. I think this is here to soak up all the wine. Still staying in November, there's National Gingerbread Day, National Eater Cranberry Day, The Fruit, not a band member. The end of November brings us White Ribbon Day. Days of interest in December before we break up are Fuel Poverty Awareness Day, Christmas Jumper Day and National Hot Chocolate Day. The internet is an amazing resource for information. I hope you can find inspiration and motivation in your next search. I'm Steve Woods, and that was Two Minute Tech. Two Minute Tech with Steve Woods, your tech briefing on Teachers Talk Radio. Hello and welcome back to Teachers Talk Radio. This is the morning break with Graham Stanley, and my very special guest is Madalina Skoros. How are you, Madalina, and what have you been up to recently? Hi, Graham. Thank you for inviting me to your uh, to be your guest on this show today. Well, I I think the words that best describe me these days are busy and, let's say, happy. Uh, busy because uh, I have a full-time job as a teacher manager in Twinkle Star, uh, which is the largest Cambridge exam preparation center in Romania. Right. Um, yeah, and I also have classes of my own. I prepare teenagers to take their Cambridge exams. Um, they're at C1 and C2 levels. Uh, and also, I have two young boys at home, <laughs> which I <laughs> take care of. And I, so that's why I'm busy. And I also said happy because uh, I do what I love most, just teaching and being with teachers and with students and everything. Fantastic. So, yes. And how long have you worked for Twinkle? Well, 13 years. 13 a years, long wow. journey. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And, and maybe you, I'd love to find out a little bit more about how you became a teacher. What, what got you interested in teaching? And if there was one particular moment where you decided, yes, that's what I want to do with my life. Okay, uh, so it's a funny story because um, in school, I never liked uh, learning mm -hmm. and um, I somehow resented the whole process of going uh, to a classroom and 
staying still for 50 minutes and I I know that the teachers were quite strict back then and uh, we didn't have um, entertaining materials so I, I didn't like it but somehow um, I promised myself that at some point I would do something to change this experience for other children. And uh, later, years later, um, after I graduated, I actually graduated um, social working. And, oh, really? Uh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> I was supposed to do something else. Well, still, still with people, working with people. Um, but um, after I graduated, uh, I had this opportunity to teach English to very young learners. And that was the moment when um, I thought I committed myself actually to be the teacher I needed to have as a child. So that was the turning point of my whole career, actually. I prepared oh, wow. to, to be something else, to do something else, but I, I don't regret it. And did you, do you ever regret not trying social work as well? Or do you, are you happy? Well, I really think that teaching is... Uh, what what I need to do, what, what I was meant to do. Um, both my grandparents were teachers, so I think I had it in my genes. Um, and I, I also was too empathetic to be a social worker. It was too hard for me to uh, work directly with um, people in need and with people, children with special needs. And um, I don't know. It, it was a, a bit too much for me, but then when I found teaching, I knew I had uh, a point in saying there, and um, I could, I know, make, make a change in this field better than in the other one. Interesting. And do you find some of the skills you learned by studying social work have come in useful in the classroom? Well. Actually, what uh, I learned in social work, I mean, I learned to be empathetic and mm -hmm. I learned to, um, to really listen to the others and I learned to care. And I really, really believe that these are the things that teachers need the most to care about their students and to listen to them, um, and if they do that, then they can help them and they can support um, along their development. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Definitely. And um, what about age groups? Do you have any particular favorite age groups to teach? Well, I started with very young learners in kindergarten. Mm -hmm. And... Um, there was a period of time when I really enjoyed working with them, and uh, I think that was when I were when I had plenty of energy and I was at the beginning of my career. Uh, but with experience, I started teaching uh, older groups, and um, now I really enjoy spending time with adolescents. Uh, mm -hmm. They're very creative and. We can make jokes together, and um, they have that passion that all young people have, and uh, it's really nice to listen to them and just to create the space they need to develop. Because 
they're doing all all the work they need but uh, if with just a little push from the teacher uh, I, I think they can flourish and then they can develop into the people they want to be so I really enjoy working with teenagers in in, in the last years that's great to hear do what about age of teenagers because there's a big difference isn't there between teaching 13 year olds and teaching 17 year olds well in the last years i worked with um let, let me think with 16 to 18 years old uh students and um because i taught mostly cae in mm -hmm. in cambridge and um it was nice working with them, but I think um, at some point, I, I mean, they, uh, they were a bit challenging because uh, they, I don't know, they used their, their phones a lot and um, they were more difficult to engage. They got bored easily. Mm -hmm. um, and this year, for example, I took a class of um, A2 um key english test and they are 12 13 years old and they're more passionate and they they still feel like there's a lot to learn and uh, they like to play and to work together so yeah maybe maybe 10 to 13 is what, yeah. what i like now yeah. i think i i i tend to agree with you i think teaching uh, 12 year olds 10 to 12 year olds I really enjoyed and um, the the most difficult classes I ever had when I was teaching English back in Barcelona in Spain mm -hmm. were the 15 year olds so the the 17 18 year olds actually I, I enjoy teaching them as well especially at higher levels or for exam preparation as you've been doing um, because yeah. generally they had their sights or they were starting to set their sights on university and getting serious mm -hmm. about getting good grades and, and, and improving. But the 15 to 16 year olds that when it was, they, they were very challenging classes. Yeah. They, they feel they need to prove and they need to challenge the teacher in front of them. And they think they know everything. So yeah, it's a difficult age, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay, Indeed. and maybe turning to you, your role in as coordinator and managing teachers, how important, sorry, before we turn to your role as coordinator mm -hmm. and managing teachers, let's look at perhaps managing teaching and how important do you think it is for a teacher to also be somewhat of a manager, manager of learning? Uh, and how should he or she approach the management of learners, for example, the classroom, the materials, et cetera, all of that management aspects that goes on that we need to do as teachers. How important is that, do you think? Well, from my own experience, I, I really think uh, that English teachers have the opportunities to, let's say, run their own show in the classroom mm -hmm. because there's, a wide variety of topics of materials of games online resources and so on to guide young um, young students to um through their discovery so um they have this entire potential the students and um 
if the teacher uh, takes some time beforehand and prepares um, what he needs to teach and uh, the entire environment and the materials he or she will, will use in the classroom, uh, they can really uh, shift the whole experience into a really engaging one. So um, to manage learners, as I said before at some point, uh, I really think you need to care about them and to, um, to make an effort in the beginning to create a relationship, to uh, find out um, where they come from, I, I don't know, something about their background, uh, about their hobbies, their likes, their dislikes, and to really see them and their potential uh because you you establish um how your relationship will be for the entire year so for example we at twinkle uh, my language center um we test them in the beginning uh, to establish their english level and just to make sure they're in the right group and after that we assign them to um a group and of 15 let's say 15 students and they are, are at some almost they have almost the same English level um, and then we set the goals so that from the very first beginning the, the learners know what they're expecting to do and um, they know about their course and their exam they're going to take at the end of the year and their homework and everything and that that is how the teachers create uh, predictability because the students really need to predict what's going to happen in the classroom. So uh, I remember at, at some point one um, I was uh, giving instructions and one of my students said, OK, I know now we need to complete the exercise and then we have to check in pairs and then we'll check uh, as a whole group in the end because this is what we do. So they know the rules, they know how the class is going on. And uh, so, so I think that this is about how you manage the learners. You you get to know them, and you get to care about them, and to, to um, guide them through um, a previously set goal. And um, about the classroom and um, how it's set, I, I also think that the way you prepare um, the tables, the chairs, the the space in general is mm -hmm. important and um, for example both of my boys um, went to kindergarten in uh, Montessori uh, in a Montessori school mm -hmm. and um, in this alternative educational system um, the space how, how you um, organize the space is very very important and uh, I've seen there and on the most quiet and focused students because their environment was previously organized by the teacher and each of the students had the material, they worked with or they worked in pairs or in groups and it had predictability and they knew what they had to do. So when it comes to language learning, I think that the way you set up the space before the lesson is very important because uh, you need some space for the learners to work in pairs and to be easy to rearrange um, the chairs to work in groups and then again 
to, to communicate because this is why they learn a language to, to communicate. And um, the materials, again, um, we've been using the Cambridge materials um, at our center and I really like how uh, the books are prepared and um, you can um, you can address different abilities, speaking, learning, uh, speaking, reading, writing, but um, it's also important to get out of the book and to have to, to use a wide variety of materials and to use online resources and uh, because you know that um, they they like to use their phones, then you can create quizzes and they can use their phones on Nearpod, on Kahoot, on quizzes, and so on. So also the materials are, are very, very important. So all together are actually things that help you to, to manage the entire process. Great. And just to go back to what you were saying about Montessori, so your, your own boys study at a Montessori school. Could yes. you... I don't know a lot about Montessori. I know that uh, it it has a particular type of method, and it is different—a different way of education uh, than the standard ones. But perhaps you could talk a little bit about what it is that's well, particularly different, and what you like about mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Well, I I really really liked it um, when it when they were in kindergarten in mm -hmm. in their very beginning they started uh, kindergarten when they were two and uh, this system uh, focuses on their independence and um, everything is prepared they, they, they have some really nice materials um, and this system is very um, brings the students closer to the nature, for example, and they empower the students to do their own work. That's why the teacher is known as an uh, observer uh, more than a real teacher. And uh, the hardest work is done before the students arrive at kindergarten or at school, you know, because uh, ever since they enter the um the playground and then um, the yard and everything and then actually the building everything is prepared to offer them the, the the experience they need so they grow their own plants they have mm -hmm. at least one pet to take care together uh they help preparing the meals they prepare tea and they don't use plastic cups they only use glasses and and then they um, the teacher comes with the material and presents it to the students and then the teacher leaves okay and oh, really? they are only the yeah only the students and um it's a mixed age group you know and the older students get uh, get to teach the younger students so they're always involved and they learn by teaching the others and that's why it's special, and that's why um, we were so what, attracted by it. What role does the teacher play then? Uh, the teacher just brings the material in in the morning and then disappears. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah, that would be nice. It's a nice job. <laughs> it's a nice job, yeah. Well, the teacher observes, 
mm-hmm. and he, he or she uh, goes uh, around the classroom Facilitates and is very the quiet. Learning. Yes, yeah. and is very quiet and takes notes about each one's behavior, and then the teacher can uh, can observe that one student is. I don't know, more inclined to mathematics or languages. And then he brings more materials to help that student develop in that area he's already interested in or already good at. So it's very much based on trying to identify what in each individual student needs um, a lot yes. more than than in u- the usual educational system, I suppose. Da. Yes, yes, yes. And am I right in thinking, I seem to remember that I saw a presentation on Montessori many years ago, and there seemed to be a a special relationship with parents in Montessori schools. Am I right in thinking that, or is that something I have misremembered? Well, I don't know what to say about this, because even if the system should be the same in every country, I think every <laughs> uh, um, every yeah it, it, it's how the, we in, interpret it and we how we Romanians translate it into uh, what we know and how we relate it to our own experience um, well the parents here weren't uh, as much involved I mean mm-hmm. uh, they we got some things to um, some information at the end of the week, and we were asked to help the the school to uh, to keep the children independent, but not more than that. I mean, also there there were some uh, evenings when we were asked to go there in school to see the materials and to see um, I don't know the space and everything to to understand better what's in there. Okay. I don't know. Maybe in other countries, or, or maybe I just re- misremembered it. <laughs> okay. Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. And to go back to managing teaching and learning, and in particular classroom management, because that is something that uh, I think, whatever age group you're teaching and whatever your subject you're teaching causes problems at some point. Is there, speaking as a teacher, have you had to deal with any particular difficult classroom management situations? And then also speaking as a teacher coordinator, how do you support other teachers with classroom management, for example? Okay, so as a teacher, I think most of my problems were in the early years Mm -hmm. when I didn't have uh, too much experience and those are also the years when I worked with very young learners. I think those classes can be really challenging. Um, and when it, when there was a problem, I think it actually was a mixture of factors. Like, for example, too many students, uh, 30 plus, or a too little space, or too many students in too little space. Um, okay, or... I don't know, um, problems with the sound or not enough materials or not enough worksheets and so on. But I think that um, 
I, I managed to um, overcome these problems with experience because I've tried like yeah. everything I could to um, to get their attention to um, to prepare those activities that involve them and to get to know them um, as I said before and um, at Twinkle I think we uh, we developed an entire system to support each other support new teachers because they are the ones with the most challenges in class with the management um, and what we do here from the beginning we we only have groups of 10 to 15 children so we we have less of mm -hmm. them and mm -hmm. this is from the start this is uh, easier than to uh, teach english in a language in, in a state school where mm -hmm. you have 30 plus uh, students and um what we do here in this language center we um are organized in different teams we as teachers uh and each team has between six and 10 teachers and they have a team leader okay and then we get the team leaders and we make a group with them and they have a group leader and every time there are problems we discuss with the team leaders and then the team leader goes uh, into his own team and uh, works there and uh over the the years we've um done a lot of work the, the whole management team um we've done a lot of work to uh, establish some procedures to help the teachers uh, manage their classroom and um one thing that we we did was to create um, a resource bank uh, where everybody um prepare materials and uh, we share all the materials with all the teachers so we make sure they they have what they need um when when it comes to what to teach you know so they have games they have online games they have um worksheets that they can use to prepare as many activities um as they need and then um in the classroom um we have interactive boards or uh, a video projector because this also uh, draws the students attention um another thing that we do um the most experienced teachers um have this role uh, as mentors for the new teachers so they come up with uh, ideas and they listen to the new teachers and they try to help and we also have a step-by-step -step mentorship program uh for all the new teachers and the ones who are less experienced also um we have some teacher assistants. I mean, uh, every year we um, offer this program to our uh, older students, for example, mm -hmm. who, who are also good students and they want to help. And then they become teacher assistants and they go to uh, to the classes and they come with this uh, energy and they do different games and whenever, uh, I don't know, something's not right there or the younger students are bored the teacher assistants come and they they do different games and they help and uh, they are really really helpful um, and we encourage teachers to uh, continuously develop and to take part in courses and to 
watch webinars and to go to conferences and uh, to take every opportunity to listen to some other teachers' experience and to try out in class. And by doing all these things, all these steps, they all go together and um, they help the teacher to better manage their students, I think. Great. And just, uh, just come to mind is this idea of are any of the teachers who then become teaching assistants do any of them end up becoming teachers have you seen any of the students go through and actually end up working at, at the language center well actually yes <laughs> <laughs> and it's always a relief for us because these are the students we've prepared and they really know our procedures so we don't have to waste more time to prepare them because they're already prepared you know <laughs> so we are very happy when this happens but yes um we have we have this uh, new new colleagues uh who firstly were our students yeah so this is uh, yeah that's always a, a great thing isn't it i remember when i i, I taught in uh in a language academy in Tarragona and um, one class in particular, there were two students who really shone and they really appreciated the the English classes. And at the end of the year, they bought me a little present actually and thanked me for the work that I'd done. And they said that they were going to become teachers of English. And so I Excellent. said, oh, please keep in keep in touch and let me know. Um, and I didn't really think much more of it. But I don't know now whether I gave an email address I must have done or something or whether they found me, one of them found me through social media. I can't remember now. But sure enough, um, a few years later, when she graduated, one of the the my former students got back in touch and told me that she'd finally become an English teacher and she ended up working um I think at the same school the language center that I worked at which is oh, always quite great. interesting to hear yeah yeah sure <laughs> and it gives it gives you a feeling of accomplishment that you've actually helped somebody from oh right. definitely um <laughs> yeah uh as you were saying, you know, we we get into teaching for different reasons. You you mm-hmm. you you said earlier that you kind of became a teacher because you wanted to make a difference and you you wanted to do something different for students so yeah. they didn't feel the way that you felt at school, which is quite interesting. Um, I certainly was inspired by some of the teachers I had, uh, and um, it certainly led me towards a path of education I think because of that so it's always interesting to know you are lucky (laughs) (laughs) yeah I guess so I'm not I'm not saying that all of the teachers that I had were very very good but I had a few that were very inspirational in fact uh yeah it's at secondary school in particular I think then at university things were very different (laughs) okay find the teachers at university wanted to be teachers they were more interested in their own research oh yeah mm-hmm. <laughs> this happened yeah 
so they mm -hmm. that was another another issue altogether but um how so how did you become a coordinator at your language center was it something that you were asked to do was it something you always thought you wanted to do what is it about coordinating teachers that you enjoy mm -hmm. well i think i um developed professionally along with the center mm -hmm. i mean when i started the center was uh, its own beginning with i don't know 50 students and three teachers something like that mm -hmm. and then um as years passed uh it grew quickly and uh from those 50 students they were 1000 and then 2000 and and now uh, we have almost 5000 students at our wow. center that's and, a lot yeah a lot sure and also 50 teachers and some way along the road there was this need to do something to create uh procedures and to okay we we know how to do our job but they, they there were these new teachers and all kind of problems and they needed help and so on and then when uh, the coordinator of the center asked me it became it was like what i had to do like the natural thing to step up right. uh, and then i i realized it was this thrill of creating the paths for the others to follow to and uh, I don't know, I, I was encouraged to come up with any ideas and uh, to put them into practice and every project I wanted to do, it was okay for me to do. And then I somehow became that person who created the rules. And it was really, really excited. And I realized, and then um, the numbers of classes um, decreased because I had all this this time to prepare things for other teachers and I had a lot of meetings and we had to create um, the vision and the mission of our center and so on so I started to teach less but uh, to manage more and um, I don't know I see it as a game and uh, it, it's really really fun and I think it's it's also about or it's mostly about the the, the people and uh, I know that if I get to work with teachers then um, my idea of how um, how to make teaching uh, engaging uh, can get to more and more students like that because one person can only teach uh, a certain amount of students but if you work with teachers then they get to to take your method and your ideas and and so on, and your I know the way you uh, you see things to to more and more students. So uh, I like to make the rules and to try and fail and try again and uh, try new ways of creating. And um, our mission is to to help as many uh, as many students as we can and and to offer them a better um, process of learning and different from from what we had and from what we still have in in some of the state school you know of course of course and 
What do you think are the main elements of a special of a of a successful teacher coordinator? What is it that makes a successful uh, teacher coordinator? Well, I think a teacher coordinator needs to to have a lot of experience first, because there are a lot of problems and teachers come and ask you um, to come with different solutions. And uh, if you don't have your own experience and if you haven't worked with, um, I don't know, very young learners or adolescents or adults, and if you if you didn't do that yourself, then it's a bit more difficult to um, to give advice. Um, and also to to have a growth mindset to be open-minded and um, to, to be able to learn and to wish that you develop and um, to be able to um, reinvent yourself more and more and keep yourself up to date with the methods and um, this teaching system. And it's in, in a continuously change and you have to be willing to change with it and then to um, to understand it for yourself and then to explain it to the others. Um, so, I don't know, I'm thinking of uh, the pandemic years. Be uh, before that, we only uh, we were only teaching face-to-face -face classes. And when the lockdown came, we had to rethink everything and we have to move everything into online and transform exercises and learn about new platform okay to uh, to be there in the game and also to teach the other teachers so this happens continuously so you have to change all the time um, and to be able to listen to the others to the teachers um, but to really listen and to care about the others and um to help the, the other teachers to come up with a solution for their problem in, in the end and not to jump with the, the solution from the start. Um, and also, I think it's important to be a team player. You're not alone in this. And if you work with others and um, if you listen to the others, then it, you can come up with, um, I know you, you can hear about other ideas and different approaches that you can pass on later to so something like that. Of course. And speaking of the lock, of lockdown and, you know, the, the pandemic, it sounds from what you were saying that your language center adapted quite well then to, to this yes. and moved online without too many problems is that right yes it is uh actually uh, half a year before the pandemic uh it was me and a colleague of mine who enrolled in an online teaching uh course it was something like ahead time at that mm -hmm. moment and uh, we learned about zoom nobody <laughs> i mean not not in our in our center nobody heard about it and uh, we got to test a lot of materials and the platforms 
uh, and then we we talked about it uh, about this with the management team and uh, we watched the news and then we started to think of different scenarios in which uh, things can develop because we heard a lot about COVID and how the schools might get locked down and um, if we knew that if we didn't adapt like very very fast then we will lose because we're not a school I mean we prepare students for the Cambridge exams but this is like an extra activity they do so mm -hmm. parents can decide to cut this if if they I don't know they are forced to and we just wanted to be there and to make sure we resist and to make sure we continue with this relationship with our students. So it was like, I don't know, in three days, we've done a lot of meetings and we took our teachers and we prepared them to use Zoom, even if they were pretty reluctant at the beginning, they didn't want to, and nobody thought this, this was turning into a long-term thing to, to be online. So, um, we had to convince them that they need to be prepared and um and and yes we we were lucky and we worked and we had these teachers that um trusted us because this is also really really important to to have a good relationship with your team of teachers and yeah. if they trust you and your vision and your management style then they will do what you ask them to do and they they can adapt pretty quickly and of course this can make a difference and have you now gone back to all face-to-face -face language classes or are you still doing some online classes as well well i think uh last year was the most difficult because we we had this hybrid mm. lessons with some of the students in class and others online. Um, and uh, at this beginning of this school year, uh, we somehow separated and we have classes, face-to-face -face classes, but we also kept some of the online classes. Um, but these online classes weren't as much needed because most of our students are from, from Yash, are from here, so they can come to classes. Um, and only only a few of them are from the entire country. So for them, we kept the online classes, but for the other ones, we insisted that they came to um, to to actually to the actually class on on site. Interesting. Yeah. And Madalena, I didn't want to talk to you and not speak about the use of escape room <laughs> games with learners. <laughs> especially as we have that in common uh and we did we we That's facilitated <laughs> the course for teachers on it uh a few years ago actually now how time flies yeah it was like yesterday <laughs> yes i know it, it's incredible just how quickly time passes and i know you have a particular interest in escape room board games and yeah that's true um what is it about these that thinks that you think works well with learners well i think it's at first is the mystery and is the challenge that they have to solve this scenario there there's also 
there's always always a problem and uh, this there's this, this challenge um and also they work in teams um uh, because if if you have a board game then it's for sure then for sure they need to be in teams of four to, to six people and um they like to work together toward a goal and this time the goal is to uh, find the keys and the code and to move from one point to another and to be the first team uh, who get to to the end of it um and i like it that it takes the focus from learning the language to uh, solving a mystery. And uh, this is how uh, the students um, forget to be so uh, self-aware uh, of how they use the language. And they start to using, to using it to as a way of communication. And they don't focus that much on their mistakes that they might, mm. might do. So they are more... Um, confident okay because they focus on something else so um the mystery the clues they need to solve and each time they solve a clue um they're more and more confident and and that's why and they compete with the other teams but they at the same time they work with each other so that's why i think and it's something different than other materials that they're used to so they're, they're quite engaging of course, I, I feel the, I feel the same way. And do you have a particular favorite escape room board game that you could recommend other teachers to check out? Well, over the years, I've used more of them. And in the beginning, I uh, I really like uh, the exit game. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, but at some point, I found it um, a bit too challenging for my students, for example. From a, and, from a language uh, point of view or from an escape room not game Not the language, point of view? from the escape room <laughs> game point of view. <laughs> because, uh, no, no the, the language wasn't the problem, but uh, they got stuck too often. Yeah. And if you get stuck too often, then you tend to quit it. Yeah. I mean, if it's too much, then you, you will quit. And uh, then you will disengage. Uh, but what I found more interesting that this particular game was to create to create a game just for them, knowing my audience basically. And uh, we started using uh, Escape Team, uh, which is online, but you can go online and you can create your own games there. And uh, then we made some more research and with uh, some of my colleagues. Uh, we somehow um, transformed um, this review unit, you know, during mm -hmm. the whole year yeah. into escape room games. And oh. uh, just just because we we were online and now we knew how to use uh, G forms, you know, mm -hmm. uh, we now use G forms and we prepare our own escape room game. And um, We've used uh, some tools, some online tools, uh, to use uh, the Morse code to, um, I don't know what else, to jigsaw puzzles that you just go there and you can create your own thing. And um, 
then some exercises that you can uh, upload on a website and uh, you download them as uh, part of an old uh, newspaper mm. and they like to this this kind of thing uh, and yes i i totally totally recommend that you use this different kind of tools that you actually found more of them um, online nowadays to um, to create the game that is more appropriate to your own group because if you do it yourself then you make sure not to do it more difficult than they can do you know that plus one thing to yeah. be challenging but not too challenging and I'm, that's why I'm more into creating my own games than right. to one particular. I, I guess the only thing about that is that it takes more time than just using something already ready-made. <laughs> yeah, of course. But if, you're, but if you're sharing it with other teachers and using it with a lot of classes, then it, it, it's, it's not that bad, I suppose. Yeah, and we we really use that uh, the holidays, you know, because mm -hmm. well, when the students have holidays, it's not like we have holidays, you know, like we work, but mm -hmm. we don't teach. That's that's the time when we can create materials, yeah. and during those holidays, those students' holidays, we get together and we decide what to create. So, for example, now we have uh, uh, this is. 14 escape room games for the FCE levels, and they are all shared in the resource bank. Oh, wonderful. Okay, with all the, yeah, and FCE and also CAE. So uh, we know that we don't think to prepare, we don't need to prepare them in advance. So we have them. That's really good because uh, there are materials that you can reuse with different groups again yeah. and again, can't you? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, good. I think we've kind of come to the end of our time together Madalena I want to thank no. you very very much for the conversation I really enjoyed catching up with you again and and hearing more about than I than I knew before about your situation and uh, the language center etc so thank you okay thank you for having me it was really nice to talk to you and to share what <laughs> from my experience likewise okay. a pleasure so that brings us to the end of today's morning break. Many thanks to all of you who joined us live and, of course, to today's special guest, Manalina Skoros. Remember, there are Teachers Talk radio shows all week, and the next show today will be with James Clark at 6 p.m. UK time. You can join me again next week at the same time. Bye for now. You've been listening to Teachers Talk Radio. Tune in live and listen back at ttradio.org. We look forward to hearing from you next time on Teachers Talk Radio.